of the hardest, most lonely experiences you'll have as a parent is if your adult child uh, has rejected you or walked away from the faith or you have some other relational rift. Having a supportive friend right then is so important. It makes the biggest difference. I'm thinking of a friend of mine who called and told me about a child and some uh, consequences of some choices that were catching up with that daughter, and it was awful. And uh, it was a privilege to be able to be there for him and to listen. And we're going to be talking about the importance of supportive friends today on the podcast. I'm John Fuller in the studio with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our Focus on the Family Parenting team. And um, it is really important, Danny, for us to uh, to go through storms as a parent with somebody else in our corner, isn't it? It is important, John, for us to have parents and friends and other people in our circle go through difficult times with us. Many times we're just not open with one another. And I know for me, I can call uh, some mentors, friends at any moment, and they've really given me a lot of encouragement and wisdom along the way. They've been a true gift and at times very energizing in moments where I needed that as I went back to the reality of a challenge or something I was worried about, that is fantastic to lean into. Don't be afraid to do that. You're not supposed to be perfect. Uh, This is an opportunity for you to be energized and surrounded by people that care deeply about you. You just need to bring it up. Mm. Well, Alison Botke is open, very open, about her own journey when her son struggled with a drug addiction. And uh, she created an acronym called SANITY, to help struggling parents uh, through such times. On a previous conversation with Jim Daly, Allison talked about the S in sanity and how that stands for stop negative behavior. Let's go ahead as Jim and Allison continue to talk. Let's move to the A in sanity. The A stands for assemble, a support group. Why is this critical for parents who are struggling? And what do these support groups look like? See, accountability is a key factor here. If that's in your church family, um, a lot of parents don't want to bring up the challenges that we're having with our kids, especially if drugs are involved or um, incarceration or if the kids are in and out of jail, if they're in and out of relationships. Um, you know, I, I've talked to parents who have daughters who have three, four, five kids, all by different fathers. You know, So it's a nightmare what a lot of parents are living with. With right now. You know, often, uh, Allison, I talk about that as chaos. It is You chaos. know, we have a great series by Ray Vanderlaan talking about that the world may know, and Ray's a good friend. And that's one of the teaching points that he'll uh, provide, that Jesus came to bring God's shalom, his peace, yes. to a world of chaos. And chaos entered the world when sin entered the world. And that's what you're describing, just this everyday chaos. That begins to occur. Insanity. That's, and it's that insanity. To, that's the, to the so this sense. group, I, I, I can imagine that some of these parents, we feel like we're learning this almost just experientially. And it's you get into a corner of a room and you say, hey, are you experiencing this with your adult child? And yeah, by the way I am. And, you know, and then you start to figure out, wow, that's not working very well. But it is almost like a code of some sort between parents because we don't know if we're doing it well or, or not doing it well. Yeah. And especially there's, there's such a, a pressure in Christian families that, that we feel we're supposed to be behaving in a certain way and our kids aren't supposed to be doing this. And, you know, I, I was a young believer when I was in church realizing and I looked around and said, nobody around me could possibly have a son like mine. <laughs> they, you know, he's in and out of jail and, and the situation, they just, but once I started talking about it, I was stunned at how many people 
yeah. I'm at that same place. Mm. So it, when you can be around other people and realize you're not alone. Allison, uh, let's go to N for sanity. Uh, it stands for nip excuses in the bud. What are some of those typical excuses a dysfunctional adult child will try uh, to use on their parents? <laughs> well, they've become, sadly, become master manipulators in many instances. What does that look like? <laughs> it's, I think uh, I know it. But. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I couldn't get to work because my car broke down because I didn't have the money to fix my car, so I didn't go to work, so I need you to loan me this money so I can get this. And it's one excuse after another. You, know, it, you can take a bus, walk. Do something. You can get there if you need to go. Um, so that that nip excuses is a big one for me. For my with my son when he was in his twenties and early thirties was the cell phone. I paid for his cell phone, and it got to be very expensive. And he, of course, told me he would pay me back. <laughs> and uh, that happened multiple times. I didn't get paid back, and there I am, you know, in in major debt, um, paying for this. But but. My, the excuse was, if he doesn't have a phone, he can't call me, or I won't be able to know if he's safe or not. You know, like he ever really called me a lot on this phone. <laughs> you know, it was I'm paying for it, but I didn't hear from him for. You know, so the excuses are, they're rampant. In, what did what did in that regard, with nipping it in the bud? You were in the courthouse and you had a realization about how oblivious Christopher was to your pain. Yes. What happened in that courthouse yeah, I, that? caught your attention. I am a very emotional person, um, and I was sitting there watching him go through this, and watching they, they walked him out with the shackles and the orange suit, and um, and I started to cry, and I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like weeping crazily, but I'm, you know, definitely sad, um, and I found out later that he'd called a friend of mine um, and said that I was just trying to get sympathy, that I was just trying to, you know, make it all about me. And I said, well, I don't understand this because it's not all about me. I'm caring for you. I'm sad at what's happening. But at that point, I'd stopped bailing him out. He knew he was there. I wasn't bailing him out. Mm, so he was I, trying to maybe manipulate so, you. So, exactly. So there was, a, you know, it's all, it all gets so convoluted when we've been on this gerbil wheel of insanity for so long to extricate ourselves from this and really step back and look at what the next steps are is critical because we're all we're caught up in the chaos and the insanity we're caught up in fixing we're caught up in in the fear and the shame and the guilt and until that's where s comes in until we can stop and step back we're not going to be able to nip any excuses we're not going to be able to get support we're not going to be able to do any of these things until we can separate ourselves from our children's actions mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and then and see how much of us you know is involved in this what, what choices we've made that have contributed to this um I often think if I hadn't started bailing him out so soon, things might have changed from his history. Because I would bail him out and made excuses. You can't stay in jail. I'm going to bail you out. You can't. My son can't be in jail. Well, he should very well have been there because he did something incredibly wrong, and there's consequences. You know, it's, he never had to experience consequences for a long time mm -hmm. because I bailed him out all the time. So... And when you get to that realization as a parent, it's hard because it, then we want to beat ourselves up, you know, and that's not going to serve any purpose either. So that's part of that nip excuses, you know, this is happening to my son because I was a bad parent. That's not it, it at all. You know, I did make poor choices. So did he. We all do. God's going to forgive me and, and allow me to move on. But, but what does moving on look like? Danny, uh, 
parents can be heartbroken over our kids' choices. I mean, we need to be able to have a safe place, though, to share those heartbreaks. What's the difference um, between expressing the pain I'm feeling and kind of making excuses and hoping that you validate that, yeah, John, uh, you did the right thing? It's a good line to be aware of. Yeah, how do I sense that? (laughs) Yeah, really it's about you being able to share about your your own emotions, what's happening inside of you. That's you truly going through the pain. The other is maybe you're mentally or verbally uh, bailing out your child and and saying making excuses for them and saying hey this and this and that about my son or daughter and I've heard some parents say that they've said yeah well my my son was uh, he's just he hasn't grown up yet which well, might be true it might be true but going back into the emotions is important what is it what is the pain that you're experiencing inside of you in response to the behaviors and the choices your son or daughter are making. That's a distinction you need to make. You want to go into your world and how you're responding, what's happening inside of you as your child does this. One of the things that is interesting is that parents have a hard time admitting their child's struggles because it may make them look bad or that they've done something wrong. This is not that. People are still going to make choices and your kids will still potentially make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Think about the grief that you're having there, maybe the loss, the grief, other things that are happening inside of you, and share about that, because then your friends can go in there with you. Yeah, we've been fortunate, and I've mentioned it uh, here on the podcast before. We have a a really solid, uh, I'll call it a life group, a small group that we're part of. Um, We all have kids. Uh, All of our kids have made some choices that we probably would uh, question. And so we find great comfort in knowing that, you know, I don't have to have airs. uh, I don't have to project that I've got this together. My kids, I love them deeply, no matter what. But um, their decisions are their decisions. I know I've messed them up, but, um, (laughs) but in the end, we all mess up our kids and we just do the best we can. Um, with what we have at the time. So let go of the perfection thing that Danny mentioned and lean into what you're experiencing. And if you need someone to talk to, if you don't have that friend group, if you don't have a a parent, a life group to turn to, uh, please know that generous donors have made it possible for us to offer uh, a terrific team of counselors to you. And one of those counselors can call you back and have a phone consultation. It's a free service provided for by donors, and uh, we'd love to extend that offer to you. Give us a call, request a consult, we'll get back to you, and we'll help you find some next steps in terms of dealing with the emotion inside of you. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, and we'll have some uh, details in the show notes. Also there, a link uh, for donating to the ministry, and when you make a contribution and join the support team, Uh, We'd be happy to send a copy of the book by Allison Botke called Setting Boundaries with Your Adult Children. Uh, It's a terrific resource, and the link is in the show notes. We'll hear more from Allison next time. And for now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.